This is Tonkabon, episode 87. This week we'll be going over Weekly Shonen Jump, issue number 35. My name's Cole Greco, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Jude Knoll. Jude, how's it going? Uh, it's going all right. I've had a pretty like crazy eventful two weeks. Uh, <laughs> just yesterday, I signed the lease on the new apartment my girlfriend and I are moving into at the end of the month. So oh, nice. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. And then... I also returned from Pitchfork Festival last weekend, which was pretty fun, uh, but also like one of those things that's just like completely exhausting. Not because we were like mm-hmm. jumping up and down like crazy or anything, but just like walking around in direct sunlight for yeah. three days straight is just like crazy, but mm-hmm. it was a pretty good time. Nice. Yeah, I always felt that. I've never been to like a big multi-day festival, but my brother and I used to go to Warp Tour. We've been, I think, four yeah. times. And even that, like, man, it, it's one day. And I'd always say like it was the most fun I'd have in the summer. And it was also like the worst day ever in the summer also because it's like 95 degrees and you're just you're just dying staying there in like a, a parking lot, basically. Yeah, that's thing. I feel like I haven't really fully recovered from just the amount of steps I took over the weekend. I took like, <laughs> I think like twenty five thousand steps per day according Jeez, to the app. Just mm-hmm. like walking constantly, but it was pretty cool. I, I saw Soul Glow. I know you've you've dug them mm-hmm. in the past. They were they were yeah. pretty cool. It's kind of nice. weird to see them in like, because I feel like they were the only like hardcore slash punk band mm-hmm. that was there so you had like a really small cluster of people forming a pit in the middle and everybody else was kind of like including me it was just like sort of just standing around or like <laughs> sitting on blankets so it's kind of funny i feel like it wasn't like the most authentic setting but mm-hmm. interesting nonetheless they put some cool like samples of club songs in the in between like the actual soul glow songs oh that's fun yeah they're they're one of these bands that, like, I don't know, it's not weird that they crossed over, because I can definitely kind of, like, see the, I don't know, like, the the broader, like, outside of hardcore appeal for them, but they've been, like, yeah. put on pretty pretty heavily lately. Like, I just saw they had, like, a, an over-under on, on Pitchfork, um, and, yeah, I feel, like I, I feel like I hear their name, like, pop up in, in more non-hardcore circles than I do in hardcore circles, which is, I mean, they are still, like, pretty abrasive. They're not very you know turn stylish at least yeah and i i think that's one thing where like because hardcore is like it's like getting more popular now in recent years it seems mm-hmm. and i feel like in a fringier genre that like doesn't have a lot of mainstream coverage i feel like a lot of times it's like they'll choose the one band that seems to be the most like quote-unquote unimportant or like yeah. experimental mm-hmm. and i feel like because i'm like just sort of like for newer hardcore stuff just like sort of an outside admirer Mm -hmm. and i feel like if i want to get like a better idea of what's like actually the best hardcore music i would probably go on like reddit or like Mm -hmm. look on the rate your music charts for hardcore but i do like soul glow like they were they were fun to watch for sure yeah they're good i liked uh they had that i think it was like an ep back in 2020 songs to yeet at the sun Really like that one a lot. Yeah. That one's still that one's still in uh still in heavy rotation on on my Spotify. <laughs> and also, 
that he was kind of based on like the twitter reactions that i saw his set was kind of divisive on whether people liked it or not but Hmm. in my opinion bonavere has still got it and his live sets are pretty cool um i'll always probably be a bonavere fan yeah that's right i forgot that he was there um I'm interested are because his last couple records are pretty different from like those the first two. Does he still like it, does he mostly play that stuff or does he mix in a lot of the the older stuff too? Because I feel like it, it's two like pretty different vibes. I think. Yeah, he he like he definitely played some of the older like hits like Skinny mm-hmm. Love and yeah. a couple of the songs off the like self-titled album from i think Mm -hmm. 2011 but most of it especially at the beginning was the newer stuff which i really dig so i was happy about that all the like glitchy auto-tune synthesizers Mm -hmm. and it's pretty cool live it sounds it sounds a little bit different and they throw some extra like sound effects and glitches into the sound field so that was Mm. that was pretty cool nice yeah yeah that's cool i'd like to to see him at one point i'm big yeah big big bone of air guy too um all right well do we want to hop into the uh the table of contents here yeah let's go all right so this week the uh cover and lead color page goes to sakamoto days with color pages for the elusive samurai Nui's exorcist and then i guess a one-shot shinobi chaotic um in the number one spot is blue box followed by akanabanashi the new series, Martial Master Asami. Then number three is Jujutsu Kaisen with Kill Blue. I think this is Kill Blue's first time without the new badge. Uh, no, 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 so. that's not right. Yeah. Oh. No, well, I think last week or the week before might have actually. Because um, um, yeah. if, yeah, if Martial Master Asami and I said Gil, they started a few weeks before. But uh, Kill Blue at number four, Mission Yozakura Family at five. At number six is Undead Unluck, followed by Me and Roboco, Witch Watch, and then our other new series, Icehead Gill. Um, then number nine, Cypher Academy and Ichinosa Family's Deadly Sins at 10. And then our bottom three are Tenmaku Cinema, Do Retry, and Fabricant 100 with One Piece, My Hero Academia, Black Clover, Hunter Hunter, and Rui Dragon all absent from the magazine <laughs> this week. Um, yeah, uh, the only, the, the kind of big picture things that I'm seeing right here, Kill Blue, super high at number four. Um, yeah. and, I know it's it's got the new badge, so it doesn't it doesn't matter that much. But Martial Master Asami here, like in between number two and three, is pretty nuts. Also, yeah, I've got pretty high hopes for it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've discussed it the past couple episodes, so I feel like our opinions on it are pretty clear. Yeah, but I feel like it's a competent to good series that seems mm-hmm. to be like improving with each chapter, and we don't have it on our like list of things to talk about but i thought the last chapter was pretty good now that we're just sort of getting into the fights and clashes between like our hero and the antagonist like it's pretty solid yeah i agree the last two chapters were pretty good and it's it's kind of put itself in the you know the the top half of series in the magazine i think it's one of these that like 
you know, normally when I read the chapters for the week, I try to get the ones I don't like out of the way first so that later in the week, if, you know, if stuff comes yeah. up, it, it feels a little easier when you're, when you're staring down Blue Box, Akanabanashi, and like Sakamoto days rather than like, oh my gosh, I have to read Do Retry, Ichinose's, and New Way's Exorcist or something. Right. And, uh, Martial Master Asami is one that I'll, you know, I'll save for the latter half of the week because I'm like, okay, I'll, you know, this, this is an enjoyable one. So it's, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what that means, but I think that's, it's good news for it at least. <laughs> yeah. And like in the context of the table contents meta, it has such a built in safety net right now because for one, do retry is 100% getting canceled before mm-hmm. Marshall Master Awesome. They're yeah. the same series, but I think Marshall Master Awesome is kind of just better in every way. Mm-hmm. Also, as we always talk about, you look at the bottom half of the order right now, and there's like four series that kind of need to go within the next half a year. Yeah. And I, I think it feels pretty safe, especially considering the fact that like it's good and mm-hmm. kind of in an objective way. Yeah, I think at the very least, it's getting to, you know, kind of the, the point where some of these are now where it's like, you know... Uh, what should we call it? Ichinose and Fabricant are both, they're both like in the 30s or maybe mid 30s. Yeah, I mean, Ichinose is at 34. So I think I could, I could definitely see Marshall Master Asmi making it to around there because it's, it's not going to be in this, this next batch of axes, I can't imagine. So, you know, it's, it's probably fairly safe. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to check here, but I think Cypher Academy also hit the 30s too. Yeah, it's 33. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, those series have been around for a uh, for a while. I mean, there, yeah, there's a chance that we look up and like, you know, Ichinose is in fourth from last year, but like, you know, it, it could still make it a year. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, let's say they only axe Fabricant and do retry this next time, add in a couple more series, then they axe Tenmaku and like, I don't know, whatever, Icehead Gill drops down or something ends, so those get axed like. Some of these other series, you know, Timaku Cinema, Ichinose Family, Cypher Academy that have been like kind of swirling down here could could survive a little bit longer. I mean, you know, there, there's there's other stuff that has to end, you know, Blue Box or not Blue Box, uh, Black Clover has to end, Undead Unluck. I think Undead Unluck will actually go a little longer, but like Witch Watch looks like it's nearing the end. Roboco could end whenever it wants to, I feel like. So, yeah, you know, there's 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 room for for weird stuff to happen with the table of contents. Yeah. And Cypher Academy, compared to the other ones you mentioned that are, like, in the bottom half, Cypher Academy seems to be on the up and up. It was down there Mm -hmm. in, like, the bottom two or three for a while. It's been rising. It got a color page last week. And I feel like it's in one of its better arcs now. I didn't put it on there because, once again, I feel like it's a series that I talk about way too much on here. Mm -hmm. But the last chapter was really good, in my opinion. I like this sort of like tune in exams inspired storyline that's going on. Um, the puzzles are a bit more comprehensible. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of understand what goes on, and they don't spend too much time explaining how they solve them either, which I yeah. really appreciate. They kind of mm-hmm. just show you the problem, and then on the next page, they're like, okay, I solved it, and <laughs> here's the answer. I think that's. way better than what they were doing at the beginning which kind of like broke down each step they took and none of it really made much sense unless you're like actually a code breaker yeah the the thing i've been most impressed about with cypher academy is that right now we're in this arc and there's like 
200 characters, but they all feel pretty distinct. Like I, I'm not getting kind of like lost in the mix where, you know, where I am with kind of Jujutsu Kaisen at this point where there's, you know, a hundred given characters at any, at any time. And I don't know what any of them are, who they, you know, what's going on with them. Cypher Academy, I feel like I do. Someone pops up, it's like, oh yeah, that's that, that's that person, which I think is a testament to the kind of the the, the artist's ability, which might just be the the best in in the magazine. And you know, yeah. Nisiosin as a writer. Yeah, I'm gonna say like Nisiosin is definitely the sort of celebrity name that gives Cypher Academy the initial intrigue, but mm-hmm. it's Yuji Iwasaki that's like actually the one making the series great yeah yeah he's he's killed he's the uh you know the the shohei otani of this uh cypher angels team for real <laughs> um all right well let's talk about uh new ways exorcist because it's it got a, a color page this week which uh you know for the past whatever it's on probably what chapter seven or eight it is one that i think we have ragged on every single week and yet despite that keeps man it's on chapter 11 yeah it's crazy (laughs) like i'm putting it on here not necessarily to change my opinion on it but more Mm -hmm. to like i feel like we've talked about how we don't like it Mm -hmm. but i feel like we haven't really like gone into any of the chapters recently and i think for one I, like, just looked up the color page for it. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. Like, <laughs> like it's just, um, it's this awkward, like, completely down the middle, like, head-on shot of mm-hmm. the main character and Nui just, like, walking down a hallway. There's this NPC character in the back just looking completely lifeless, also walking in the same direction. And then, like, the two main characters have this weird like halo of light around them that causes everything in the background to kind of just like fade into obscurity it's really like whack looking but in general the recent chapter is kind of just like the same thing as every other chapter we've seen in the past except Mm -hmm. slightly like i feel like they hired a couple of assistants or something the art feels slightly more like consistent and cleaner but the style is still really bad. Yeah, I was going to say, it It does at least have, like, now it's developed a New Way's Exorcist style, you know? Like, if you flip through these last couple chapters, it's like, you can kind of tell what they're, I don't know, what, what they're going for. Um, I don't like what this style is or what they're going for, but, yeah, they've at least, yeah, they've they've grown into into something here, which is good for them they uh, the chapter 10 was just pure pure etchiness which i'm sure we all saw coming when they decided to go to the beach um and you know once again it's the thing that i've i've been saying is that like one when you when you have your etchy series you can't make it look disgusting uh, right. <laughs> and this definitely looks looks really gross and then in chapter 11 they start doing a bunch of fights and it's just completely illegible. I can't, I can't tell what's going on with these fights because all the powers and all of the demons are like made out of patent leather. It looks like. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like they introduce like five characters over the course mm-hmm. of two pages, and now they're like part of the main cast. I don't know who any of these people are. No. 
And they all have, there's two girls with the same hairstyle, just different colors. There's this one girl that's been like kind of flirting with him. I think she's the one that invited them to the beach. It's just, it, yeah, it's, it's real weird. It's real confusing. I don't know exactly what's going on. If I can say one thing in its favor, there are some pretty funny, like literally, maybe not funny, but like cute looking chibi panels, uh, in this most recent yeah. chapter. So, you know, we're, we're always fans of that. So maybe do more of that and my, my tune will change on this series. But as it stands, I think this one's still pretty, pretty terrible. Yeah. Like what you're talking about, the, the new ace exorcist style, I think like it's kind of the same as it was in the beginning, only with the addition of like semi-realistic backgrounds and, Mm -hmm. Also, like you mentioned, the chibi stuff has really been appearing a lot over the past three chapters. Yeah. And I think it's getting better. Although there's some parts of it, like page 14 or 15 of the latest chapter, there's this panel where they're like standing on the beach in their chibi form. Mm -hmm. And the perspective of it looks really weird. Like the characters are standing like at a perfect flat 90 degree angle looking at the camera but then the backdrop is also like drawn at the same angle so it looks completely flat yeah it's real weird yeah i don't yeah and well and anytime there's just like a full body shot of someone like this person cannot draw like just a a full human everyone is shaped like like a barbie doll like they have these super long legs these like weirdly proportioned torsos like even the guys it's just yeah this person has never never actually seen it seen a human he puts like 90 percent of his effort into drawing teeth we mentioned that a while back (laughs) and now it seems like the assistants he's hired have allowed him to like shade the teeth which makes Mm -hmm. them look even more eerily realistic yeah, he's like, I've got more time for the, I've got more time to put in, put on the teeth. That's like the one really unique thing that he brings to the table here, because I don't really see any other mangaka do this. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was reading Shonen Jump, and he's like, you know, we got a lot of screaming people, like people just shouting catchphrases. What we're missing is like realistic teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Need, need better teeth. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, to Kill Blue, the number four series this week. Um, I've uh, Kill Blue, kind of similar to what we were saying about Martial Master Osami, just super competent. And after these most recent chapters, I was like, yeah, this is this is in the top, you know, whatever handful of, of manga in the magazine for me. I I really enjoy this series. Yeah, I really like it too, um, especially this most recent chapter, which felt like the author was trying to do his own version of blue lock Mm -hmm. (laughs) i the thing i like too is that you know it it's kind of it's kind of dumb and it's very you know shown in magic-y with you know the this guy he's just like he can take on this kind of jack of all trades all all all, uh all japan you know at at uh soccer baseball basketball whatever um and you know kind of keep up but I don't know. I, I feel like it works. Like I'm, I'm able to, for some reason for this manga, like turn off my, uh, you know, manga, manga sports brain, you know, sometimes that I have where they're like, 
oh, he's coming around the corner for the 100-meter dash. It's like, well, you don't do that in the 100-meter dash. Or, <laughs> like, you know, he threw the shot put 200 feet. It's like, that's literally impossible. <laughs> but, you know, for, for this one, I'm able to sort of turn it off and just kind of, like, let it wash over me. I guess because it is just so fun and, and ridiculous week in, week out. Yeah, it's drawn really well, and we mm-hmm. were, like, talking about the weird proportions of Nui's Exorcist. I feel like the proportions of Kill Blue are extremely realistic, which helps make sports action feel believable, even when mm-hmm. it isn't. Yeah, exactly. And the action scenes look pretty uh, pretty fluid. Like, a lot of the yeah. action scenes are drawn in this, I don't know, this, like, proto-JJK style, where they're, like, a little more sketchy than the other panels. But it fits. I don't know. It makes it look like there's a lot of motion to them, which is, you know, good, right. good on uh, good on Fujimaki because, like we said about uh, some of their other stuff, not the greatest, not the best art. But this is this is solid. I'm curious. You weren't a big fan of Kuroko's, but were the sort of in-game or in-action panels for Kuroko's like this, or were they more... Because all the other panels I've seen of Kuroko's, it's super, like, sterile looking. Yeah, they definitely were not on this level. They were definitely better than, like, the static, just, like, hanging out panels. Mm -hmm. But I do think the art has improved in, like, pretty much every way. Yeah, nice. Yeah, this some of these panels, I mean, this ser- series is easy to compare to Sakamoto Days, but a lot of the action panels definitely feel, uh, you know, um, Sakamoto's inspired. Yeah, I, I love the one where, like, like protagonist and antagonist kick the soccer ball at the exact same time, and mm-hmm. then we see the sort of, like, panels of their facial expression superimposed over the scene itself, which I thought looked cool. Pretty simple idea, but it was effective. Yeah, well, and it's something, that panel especially feels like something that you see more in anime and less in manga. That's like, true. Right, because it's the, it's the way for the anime to sort of incorporate, like, multiple panels of the manga into into a, you know, a one-second scene. Um, so it is kind of cool to see it used like that here. Um, all right, next up, let's talk about Witch Watch. Because um, Witch Watch, I feel like we've talked about the past few weeks, but it's, it's just been incredible. And I really liked this uh this most recent chapter too this one i thought was pretty fun in like i don't think witch watch is always the most inventive with the fights i think we've we've sort of dogged on some of the the earlier fights in the series um but this one's pretty fun this one actually felt like you know they're they're trying to figure out kind of how this girl uses her sword and i don't know i thought i thought kind of like puzzling that out was pretty pretty interesting and I mean, once again, the the action panels in this are are great. There's this one where Fran gets cut in half, and you can like see the kind of like mechanical innards and stuff. Uh, just looks really good. And yeah, uh, Witch Watch once again in the top probably like three series running right now. Oh yeah, this art and like just battle choreography mm-hmm. felt better than like almost anything in the magazine right now. I was super impressed with it, and like you said. This puzzle solving was really good too. It felt like something that you would actually see in like Naruto or a similar series. Yeah, I was gonna feel, say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The gimmick it, it didn't feel cheap, but it was also inventive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it and it didn't stray to the level of like a a Hunter Hunter or Jujutsu Kaisen, where it's sort of like like all right, 
like you know let's let's just let's get on with it i don't need to to hear the giant explanation of why you you know why your sore why, why your magic works when you blink and like you know the, you get like a, a two chapter <laughs> uh flashback arc about it and you know all this stuff is just sort of like he kind of figures it out and you're like oh okay i didn't i didn't think about that and i don't know it it was easy and fun but also you know, felt felt different than a a typical shonen fight, which you know, like Sakamoto Days is kind of the the big pure fight series we have right now, and there's none of that in there really. It's just who is stronger. Yeah, it felt like doing a boss battle in a video game and like trying to figure out its weakness or gimmick. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. W- without that weakness being like, oh look, he has this giant shining part on his back. I guess that's right. where I'm supposed to stab it. <laughs> um, next up, let's talk about Icehead Gill. This is one I put on here because... So, I'll talk about it a little bit later. I've been reading another adventure series, um, kind of like separately from the Shonen Jump stuff. And yeah, I'll talk more about that one later. But Icehead Gill is the one that every time I finish Icehead Gill, I'm like, oh man, I need... I want more of this. I don't think it's necessarily because... I love Icehead Gill that much, but I do, I just like the, I like the vibes that Icehead Gill gives off each week. This is like a fun Dragon Ball style adventure. I I really enjoy this series a lot. Yeah, to me it has some like glaring weaknesses, but at the oh, same absolutely. time, it, it does feel a bit refreshing only because it feels the most shonen jump out of any mm-hmm. of the shonen jump series right now like for better or for worse it does yeah. feel like a return to form for the magazine mm-hmm. and it definitely feels like if this had come out in the late 90s or early 2000s i don't know if it would have been a hit but it definitely would have like had an anime oh absolutely and i think it's just it's nice to see this series because we've had other ones try this like you know ginka and gluna where they then have to spend, you know, they spend so much time, like, doing this world building. And here it's just sort of like, yeah, these are kind of vaguely Viking characters. His dad's dead. And there's these, like, lich zombie things that take over stuff. And he's trying to fight them. And it's just kind of like, okay, I, like, <laughs> I understand that. You know, it's kind of like, have you have you read another manga? Have you played a video game? Okay, that's, that's all yeah. the kind of background information you need for this series. You can now just like flip through the pages and, and have a good time at watching fights. And I, I think the art is pretty rough. It's pretty messy in this. It's got some cool backgrounds going yeah. on, but it is very, um, very illegible at times. Um, it just kind of like looks, there's just like stuff flying around the screen. It's pretty messy. But yeah, like I said, this is one that I don't think it's like because of the quality of Icehead Gill, but every time I finish it, I'm like, I, I need something. I want like Icehead Guild that's like a little bit better. Um, so that's what I've yeah. been. That's what I've been kind of like searching for <laughs> in my in my outside week of Shonen Jump reading. Which you know, I feel like that uh, says something about Icehead Guild at least. That I, I think it's I think it's actually pretty quality, and I wouldn't be surprised if it you know like if it improves a little bit, it could definitely be one of one of my favorite series running. Yeah, and I do like the monster of the week setup of these early chapters. I think mm-hmm. people forget a lot of like long running popular series kind of did start off this way where like each chapter they kind of just like fight this new guy and there's a vague goal and they're slowly moving toward it. 
Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I do appreciate that. It seems like they move a little bit closer to it each week, but not like that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of, it, it was able to do what I wanted Red Hood to do. Whereas, you know, they, yeah. they establish like, okay, we're going to have these like crazy monsters. And then Red Hood shows you like three monsters. And then they spend the rest <laughs> of the thing in a box, you know, or even, um, yeah. it's a little different, but even uh, like Candy Flurry you know, kind of does that where it's like, oh, we're going to have all these cool candy powers. And it's like, we're fighting in a parking garage for 20 <laughs> chapters. Yeah, I do feel like in Ice Head Gill, if they show you a monster, like, you're probably going to see it soon. Yep, exactly. Um, next up, let's talk about Tenmaku Cinema. This is one that, you know, we've, we've sort of uh, questioned why it's been why it's been dropping so much. And it's, this is one for me... I enjoy Tamako Cinema. I've liked the past couple chapters, and you know it's still the same thing. Like I, I can't figure out why it's so low, but I've just kind of come to accept that it's it's probably its ending. Yeah, I did like the most recent chapter a lot, which shows like one of the characters composing music for mm-hmm. the movie itself. But um, <coughs> I do feel like I'm starting to kind of understand. And I don't think this is why the votes are falling this way. But I do think the manga's weakness is that I feel like the characters don't face a lot of adversity. Like, they did kind of have the hater director they encountered. But Mm -hmm. every chapter is kind of like, oh, we need music for the film. And this guy's like, I don't know if I'm going to be good at it, but I'll give it a try. And then he, like, writes something in GarageBand. Everybody's like, oh, it's amazing. You're you're the goat. That kind of happens every chapter. Like, they... The only adversity they face is like, oh, we need this for the movie. And then somebody that they just happen to know who Mm -hmm. sort of has a talent for it steps up and is suddenly just like really talented out of nowhere. Like they know exactly how to write a movie score and it fits the movie perfectly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's never any like, yeah, you're right. There's never any like, oh, we don't know how to do this. And they have to like struggle through it at least like. You know, at, at least give us, like, a chapter where this guy, he's, like, talking to the music teacher about, like, how do you score? You know, he's, like, comes in haggard the next day because he's, like, yeah, I spent four hours last night, like, watching movie score tutorials and stuff on YouTube. Like, give me something that it at least seems like they had to do a little work. Or even, you know, the I guess the big conflict here is that she can't be found out that she's, like, doing this movie. But that just never yeah. that just never matters because they're just like, well, we'll just shoot in this place instead. It's like, well, okay, like you know, the, they're not like doing anything undercover or even like the yeah, there was the the movie director guy, but that also just kind of got hand waved away. Yeah, they're they're just kind of like not even failing upwards because they're just automatically good every time. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like if they did struggle a bit more, we would find out like what makes a movie score good because there's obviously like going to be compositional things that work better for a Mm -hmm. movie score than like what this guy's used to writing which is just like you know rock music yeah but i feel like we don't really see what goes into it other than him just like occasionally being like oh let's put a minor chord in here Mm -hmm. i would like for him to be like when you're scoring this type of scene, you got to use like this type of chord progression because other movies do that. Exactly. It just feels like we see him like hunched over his garage band for iPhone app and you see like a little <laughs> screenshot of the 
the like notes plugged in but yeah i i I don't know what i can't picture what it sounds like i feel like they could do that if they wanted to Mm -hmm. or at least give us like the you know the the film nerd thing where he's like Oh, well, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, they did this, and then in this movie, they did this. So, you know, in, in this kind of scene, you want to do this, and just, like, reference a bunch of movies and, like, cool scenes from and the music there. Like, you know, at least give you something to be like, okay, I, I'm, I'm a movie person, so, like, this is this is fun for me to, to read through. Yeah, it feels like it's catering more towards, like, younger people who don't know a lot about movies, which, I mean, Mm -hmm. it is Shonen Jump, so I get that. But I feel like they don't put enough, like, references for the people that it's kind of geared towards secondarily. Yeah, Yeah, well, I mean, compared to, say, Marshall Master Awesome, does actually a pretty good job of, like, explaining, you know, grappling and stuff at a level that, like, I don't I don't care about fighting. I don't yeah. watch fighting. But after reading the manga, I'm like, okay, I like I understand at least a little bit about what goes into MMA now. Whereas with Timaku Cinema, it's just like this is purely like make believe shonen stuff is what it feels like. Yeah, it makes I feel like it's not intending to do this, but it definitely makes making a movie oh, yeah. look extremely easy <laughs> because, like, oh, even a kid mm-hmm. could do it on their phone. Um, next up, we'll kind of go outside of our, our current Shonen Jump and talk about One Piece. Um, One Piece, uh, I don't know if it was last week, the week before, um, had actually like a, a pretty pretty big chapter, and it's uh, you know it's it's just been. You know, One Piece has been killing it for 20 years now, but man, it's it's so good. We got the death yeah. of like a a pretty huge important character here. Um, that they're kind of fighting on uh, like one of the big villains' islands. Uh, they're, they're fighting on Blackbeard's island that he's kind of inhabited right now. It's just yeah, the One Piece is One Piece is great, and Oda once again like he's got this power to, like. There's all these ridiculous ones, like back from the the Alabasta arc, where the uh, the gun eats like the dog dog fruit or whatever. So we have something like that a little bit, where this guy eats yeah an island fruit or something like that. So he's he's part island, so the island is moving and stuff. Um, yeah, it, it's Damn. it's really great, and it's all of these. We don't really, you know, One Piece has these moments sometimes. But people always come back to life, so they don't feel real. But this feels like a death that's like, oh, like, oh, shit, this is, you know, it, it, it's over for this guy. Um, you know, so actually, like, some pretty impactful, really, really cool scenes here. Um, just, you know, if, you, if you're not reading One Piece, you should, should probably just read One Piece. <laughs> yeah, looking mm-hmm. at this as somebody that's, like, not caught up, every panel just looks absolutely, like, oh, packed yeah. with stuff it feels like looking at a where's waldo illustration or something there's just like a mm-hmm. hundred yep, people absolutely. on every page and i will say crazy. that that is an issue that i've had with one piece the past couple years is that there are now so many characters that matter that at any given time there's there's like 10 people but oda does such a good job of making them distinct and making it so that you don't need to know 100% what's going on with everyone because he's gonna he's gonna bring it back up right like if if someone actually matters it'll be like oh that's that guy who did this thing you're like okay yeah makes sense I got it like I, I'm caught up now <laughs> 
Um, next up, we've got uh, My Hero Academia. We just got the the end of the the kind of Toga and Ochako fight, which we've been I feel like we were asking about for a while, but I don't, you know, personally, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see, I guess, how how you felt about the end of this. <laughs> Well, I'm glad to see it end, and I did think the the final chapter of it was kind of cool, but was no. it worth the wait? I don't know. I'm not completely sold. Mm-hmm. Although the art was cool, if not a little creepy yeah, in this chapter. Yeah, art, great as usual, but man, just the actual writing is heinous. I I have no faith in Horikoshi's ability to, to write at this point. Like, this is... Yeah, and unfortunately, I was gonna say this is beyond yeah. just like you know cornball shonen manga stuff. I, I just think this is genuinely bad. <laughs> yeah, and he's not beating the creep allegations <laughs> either. Like I felt weird reading yeah. these past and two it's chapters. So, I don't understand what went on here. They they've had this back and forth about uh, liking Deku, and then. Toga, you know, she's just like, oh, Toga, your smile is adorable. And that's just like, she just accepts that and is like, okay, you win now? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand what the, the purpose of a lot of this dialogue was. It, it doesn't feel like it actually was yeah. kind of like resolving something. Like, you know, you'll get that a lot in Naruto. You know, they, they make fun of like the power of friendship or just like talking your way out of a fight. And that happened here, but I, it, it just kind of felt like, why? Yeah. Also, I did like this like action figure of All Might that uh, Toga is holding. Yes, on that is sick. Thirteen. Mm-hmm. That was the one thing I did think was pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but I feel like it was probably yeah, mentioned yeah, earlier, that that is I cool. I agree. <laughs> um, and then next up, we'll talk about uh. Naruto the world within the spiral this is the new uh one shot from Kishimoto for the uh the Naruto like 99 poll or whatever I think it it was one two weeks ago that ran in the magazine um I don't know if you read it or not but I actually thought it was was pretty good it was cool apparently Kishimoto did do the art for it um and it was definitely uh like way leveled up from what we see in in Boruto currently Yeah, I haven't checked it out yet, but mm-hmm. this artwork does look really good. You can definitely tell this is not... Yeah, yeah I mean, the cover page cool. is incredible. Um, I did think the chapter was a little weird. It's, you know, the chapter's supposed to be about Minato, which is Naruto's dad, but you actually spend a lot of it with uh, Kushina, his mom. Um, so that, it, it honestly felt a little bit like a... Uh, like a cop out, you know, like it's supposed to be a chapter about this person. He's like, well, what if I just made it about yeah. two people, which, you know, maybe, maybe the fans want that. Right. But this was my, my issue, I guess, with Minato winning is that you're going to get a kind of, you know, uh, like content wise, a little bit of a lame chapter. Whereas had someone cool one, like, you know, one of the frogs or something like that. It would have been maybe a little more, a little more inventive, a little more fun. This just yeah. feels like a Naruto chapter, but it is kind of fun to to see that after, you know, B- Boruto at this point does not feel like Naruto. Um, 
so it was fun fun to get that again and there are some just really good panels in here there's this one where like these chains are like ripping out of kushina's body they look really cool all the shots of uh kurama look really neat and she's got she has this kind of beijification thing that we've seen uh from naruto a couple times um it's it's fun to like see naruto's parent take that over um so so really really cool yeah. really interesting chapter um but wish j- just wish it was about a different character i guess <laughs> yeah that's the thing about these jump popularity polls people always mm-hmm. choose the most obvious yeah characters. yeah like what just exactly picking the most most mid character you can like let's let's get it let's get kind of crazy with it <laughs> apparently there was uh a campaign from some I don't know what other, like, what fan of some other series, but to get uh, Sakura voted at the top, because, you know, the Naruto fans all hate Sakura, but I feel like that would have been hilarious if she had, if she had won. That would have at least been, like, yeah, yeah, like, I know we get a lot of her in Naruto, but, like, you know, maybe just a chapter on her, or, like, her life with Sasuke after everything, that would be fun. Mm -hmm. But instead we get Naruto's dad, who... He's he's basically just just Naruto. He's not quite as as dumb. So he's like he's like he's basically Boruto Naruto, yeah. which is what we get, you know, every month. <laughs> um all right. right, well that does it for this week's uh and I guess last week's weekly shonen jump. Um next week we have cover page and color page for Akatabanashi with color pages going to Martial Master Asumi, Mission Yozakura Family, and then a one-shot called God Arms, which is hilarious. That, that seems like a, yeah, that sounds like a, a, a sounds PSP cool. JRPG that you, you know, play for 40 hours, and it's like, that's someone's favorite yeah. game inexplicably. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> need to see what God Arms is about. Um, yeah, cover page for Akatabanashi yeah. is really cool. Uh, and yeah, Martial Master Asami following up with the, the color page. I wonder if that means, I guess we'll see if the next week, if we get the Icehead Gill, uh, color page. Cause they've been, for a long time, they weren't doing the color page, that like chapter seven or eight color page. Um, and they've started to do it recently. I don't know if that's just because the, you know, the crop of Ichinose's, uh, Fab 100, you know, that group, uh, was just so bad that they couldn't do it. So. You know, inter- interested to see what happens with with Icehead Gill here moving forward too. Yeah, I'm here for an mm-hmm. Icehead Gill. Yeah, color page. I will say it's it's kind of messy in black and white, so it would be cool to see you know what what goes on in color, and I I, I could see it having like a Demon Slayer sort of thing where everyone yeah, has sure. like really colorful outfits. Um, alright, Jude, what, uh, what other manga have you been, kind of been reading outside of Weekly Shonen Jump this week? Yeah, I read the mm-hmm. first volume of Inuyasha, and, you know, compared to the <laughs> other Takahashi series we're reading, uh, Mason Okoku, I think it's, I think it's a lot better. The art is much cleaner, but still, like, has that distinct uh rumiko takahashi style like you can tell it's the same person that drew um mm-hmm. mason okoku but the art feels a lot more consistent especially when she draws like monsters because this is set in like this in antiquity in this like magical uh realist world 
all the yokai and monsters look legitimately hmm. grotesque in like a junji ito way and the fights are pretty cool they're like surprisingly violent since i've only read the like romance mm-hmm. ruko takahashi stuff yeah that's uh, what I'm i was gonna here for it i'm still like mm-hmm. very early on in yeah but i was gonna say sick. that's what i was gonna ask about uh inuyasha is that you know there's obviously no fighting at all in um mason okoku so i was curious as to like how how good the action panels are like yeah like evil monsters are in in inuyasha yeah they're like legitimately grotesque and pretty cool designs uh i'm still very mm-hmm. early on like i said but I'm more impressed with this than anything awesome. else I've read. Yeah, I might have to. I might have to check that out a little bit because that's one that I think I've said this before. Like it, it would come on uh, TV, but I think it was on Adult Swim, so I would only ever see like the the intro song. It was like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm not I'm not allowed to watch Adult Swim, so I'd have to cut it off. Um, so like you know, I've, I've seen a, a bunch <laughs> of Naruto, a bunch of Dragon Ball, Gundam, you know, Zatch Bell, whatever, but. But I'm so unfamiliar with Inuyasha yeah. because I, you know, I, I wasn't allowed to, to watch Adult Swim. <laughs> yeah, same here. I w- that's why I never really watched, like, Naruto or DBZ mm. until much later. Because I feel like when I was a kid, I was just mm-hmm. watching, like, Cartoon Network and Pokemon yeah. or Hamtaro. But I never really watched, like, the, the mm-hmm. big anime until I was, like, yeah. you know, a teenager. Because... I didn't really know much about any mm-hmm. of them early on. Um, yeah, this week I've been, you know, I've mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I've been reading Dragon Quest Die by Riku uh, Sanjo and Koji Inada. Um, and it's, mm. I don't know exactly how I feel about it. It is definitely like a Dragon Ball style adventure. Um, but it's a little, I'm about 40-ish chapters in. And there's, I don't know, I'm, I'm not quite like taken with it yet. It's, it's one that I keep kind of, uh, like, mulling over my head because it's got, like, 350 chapters. I'm like, do I just drop it or am I going to keep do- reading for 350 chapters being like, eh, it's, it's just okay. So I think I'll, I'll keep going for a little bit because I think I like the idea of reading it more than I actually enjoy reading it. Like, I have all these, you know, kind of like, oh, it's going to feel like we're going on a fun adventure. And it's like that a little bit, but it's just... It feels more like we're going on just an okay adventure. (laughs) It's like, you know, very comparable to Dragon Ball if Dragon Ball was not a 10 out of 10 and was instead like a 6 out of 10. Like, you know, do do you still read that series? Maybe not. Yeah, that's the thing. That's kind of how I feel anytime I read something Mm -hmm. by him. I'm just like, I mean, this reminds me of Dragon Ball, and the art is still pretty cool, but I could just read exactly Dragon that. Ball again. Yeah, that... Because, yeah. why not? Mm-hmm. It's That's so almost good. what it's made me want to do. It's like, well, should I just reread Dragon Ball at this point? <laughs> Which, that, that may be what yeah. I end up doing. But yeah, I mean, it's cool, and as someone who plays the Dragon Quest games, it is fun to see, like you know them talk about kind of all the different classes they're like oh this person's a mage this person's a a cleric or whatever this person's a hero um you know they use the spells from the game so that's pretty fun too and it has some like interesting uh villain designs because you know toriyama did make all the all the monsters so to see you know some of like the actual like boss villains in this i guess are not straight from dragon quest but 
it's kind of like someone designing a monster based off other monster designs by Toriyama, so it still feels like reminiscent of that. Right. So that that's pretty fun, but just the, the kind of the characters of the whole, there's there's nothing that's really got me excited, uh, you know, kind of about the next chapter, other than the prospects of like maybe it will get a little bit better. <laughs> So, yeah, this is one I'm, I may have to report back on uh, in a week, or maybe I'll report back that I, I dropped it and have found something else to read. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Jubal, before we head out, do you have any kind of uh, bonus recommendations or any non-manga recs for us? Yeah, so I saw mm-hmm. Oppenheimer last night. I also saw Barbie earlier. I liked both of them, uh, but Oppenheimer, I think, did win out, and I was surprised at how much I liked it. Especially for a three-hour movie. Um, the special effects were pretty cool, but honestly, like, the acting and storytelling were extremely mm. fluid and easy to understand, despite mm. a lot of, like, time hopping. Um, super gripping story, and one that I feel like didn't extend too much sympathy or, like, negativity to any character. It felt, like, pretty neutral and ambiguous despite the fact like some of it was Mm -hmm. fictionalized but it it was really good um i was definitely like locked in the whole time yeah i was gonna say i feel like the the two big things i've heard about it are that the acting is really great and that even though it's three hours it doesn't feel like three hours yeah this is definitely the kind of movie that like when we were in school if this movie had already like come out your teacher would have like put on and Mm -hmm. spent two classes just like having you watch while they graded papers. I feel like that's what it's (laughs) destined to be in the future. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I watched, um, I've seen it a few times in that setting where my teacher would just put it on, catch me if you can, um, with, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio in it. And that one, (laughs) that one's like two hours and 20 minutes. And it's the first time I watched it since I was in high school. And that one towards the end, I'm like, damn, this has like, this has gone on too long, <laughs> like, and it's only two hours and 20 minutes. So, yeah, I feel like that that is a thing that happens where it's like, it, if you can keep me engaged, I can I can hang out for three hours. But, you know, if not, I, I'm starting to like, OK, yeah. like, I, you know, I'm just going to I'm just going to go to the bathroom and like let the movie keep playing because I don't need to watch all this. <laughs> and Barbie is pretty good, too. The soundtrack had a lot of like great Mm -hmm. songs on it but the movie itself was really fun as well like definitely on both sides of the both sides of the coin yeah i i saw that i think barbie was like the fastest movie to a million views on letterboxd or something like that which is pretty crazy it's it's also funny that these movies have been kind of like touted as the like the summer blockbusters and I guess that, like, Barbie, like, I've not seen, but feels very much that. Whereas Oppenheimer, it's like, this movie's like, this isn't a, an Avengers or something, you know? Right, like, in terms of the, in terms of just, like, pure sales, I think that movie was, like, or this movie is succeeding yeah. because of Barbie. <laughs> like, I don't think it would have had half the amount of views mm-hmm. it's getting now. If there hadn't been the yeah. whole, like, Barbie. Yeah, I was going to say, I had a I had a buddy who went and saw Oppenheimer and who, you know, I don't think he's, like, a, a film guy or whatever. He's just someone that watches whatever big movie is out. And he was like, yeah, I, he was like, it was not yeah. for me. He was like, I didn't really, didn't really get what it was going for. And I was like, yeah, because I feel like 
you know, from from everything I've seen is it, it's not a, just a, like a brain off watch like a, a bunch of crazy stuff happen. Um, so it, it, I do find it interesting that it's yeah. propped up as like, oh, this is the movie you should watch this summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Both of these movies are kind of mm-hmm. weird in their own way. And, you know, it's still like. You know, it's still corporate mainstream cinema in both cases, but both are, like, weird enough that I respect what they're doing, and Mm. they're both really I also saw that uh, apparently Greta Gerwig is going to do two Chronicles of Narnia movies, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I'm kind of here for that. I liked those books a lot as a kid, and I didn't think the movies that they made when we were kids were that good. I did like the, like... They did, like, a really early BBC adaptation that had these, like, awesome, super lo-fi special effects where things, I think, were, like, actually painted onto the film itself. Um, But, yeah, I didn't think the, like, more recent adaptations of those Mm -hmm. books were that good. So it'll it'll be interesting to see if they're able to kind of capture the spirit mm-hmm. of the books better. Yeah. yeah, so I'm 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 actually kind of more excited about that. I think that'll be that would be cool cuz yeah, I'm kind of same way. I like those books a lot as a kid and even I mean watching the movies as a kid I was like this is super cool, but definitely don't think it's something I would uh yeah. rewatch or if I did I'd probably be like yeah, these these are actually not not great. Um I think I'm most interested to see yeah. if they start with like a, the magician's nephew or if they start with Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Since magicians, yeah, because I know be magicians' nephew was like one of the latter books, but it's technically the you know the first in the thing. So it's kind of like, well, if you're gonna recreate the story, how do you you know how do you do it? Yeah, I feel like that would be kind of a risk, but like mm-hmm. I, I think I'd respect that because I feel like everybody's seen at least one adaptation of the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. But it would be cool, to like. Because that movie's that book is really yeah. like trippy too. It's got a lot of like crazy abstract mm-hmm. imagery in it. Um, yeah, and this uh, my recommendation this week is going to be the record Cerebral Circus by the band uh, Initiate. Um, Initiate is a you know a, a hardcore hardcore band. Um, my big thing on this that I've been listening to and like uh, had this album stuck in my head all week. The the guitars are way more clean than like what you expect from any hardcore record or especially one where the vocals sound like this. They're very, I don't know, the vocals are very reminiscent of like a, a band like Spy or something like that. Uh, like one of these kind of like faster, almost yeah. uh, uh, power violence-y bands. But um, yeah, the, the actual like instrumentation of this feels closer to I want to say like a, a run for cover kind of hardcore band like Fury or something like that. But even then, like it, it's still more clean yeah. than any of these like post hardcore or like drug church, like, you know, not quite hardcore bands. Um, it's just uh, every time I'm like blown away that they they put out a record with guitars that sound like that. Um, it, it feels almost like a like when you're on garage band and just the the default guitar sound that's what it feels like and it's actually pretty cool i i love this this record it's definitely my it's i think it's by far my favorite of the year so far um and i could definitely see initiate being one of these scowl turnstile soul glow bands that does kind of like uh crossover even fury had a little bit of crossover too um 
that like makes their way outside of hardcore a little bit uh just because they do i think they are a little bit more accessible than you know than spy or or gel or one of those bands and this is on the same label as neverending game right i was yeah i I think they're i think they are on on triple b which yeah triple b is definitely like i think kind of like pound for pound the best uh best hardcore label out there um yeah, yeah. So they're the yeah. same one that's like Never Ending Game, Tsunami, like all these other just, you know, kind of like more uh, brain off, beat down, hardcore stuff. <laughs> but yeah, yeah uh, that's that's my rec this week. Check out that Initiate record. It's one that uh, when I listened to it, I forgot that I, because they had an album out in 2020 or an EP called Lavender that I really liked too. And then just kind of, you know, listened to it for like a month or something like that. And then just sort of forgot that the band even existed. And then saw this one pop up and was like, Oh yeah. shit. Yeah. Like I forgot that I, I really liked them. <laughs> also have a, a, a female vocalist, which is kind of yeah, cool. I love the cover art. Yeah. Cover, cover art's neat too. That is cool. Mm-hmm. And the cover art. Yeah. Yes. Cover art is very un, un hardcore. Also, it looks like, you know, a, a passion pit record or something. Yeah, I had seen this cover, like, just scrolling through random mm-hmm. band camp tags, and I kind of assumed it was, like, a shoegaze yep, album yep, exactly. or something. Yeah, I, yeah, the uh, the album art um, definitely, uh, yeah, d- d- doesn't fit the actual vibe of the music, but it's cool, and that, uh, yeah, definitely recommend that record. It's a, it's a fun one. Um, all right, well, that will do it for us this week. Uh, later in the week, we'll have our final Mason Okoku episode. So, yeah, if you've been following along with that, uh, check that out. Or if you just want to hear our kind of final thoughts on the series, uh, we'll we'll be sure to have that too. So, yeah, thanks for listening. As usual, hit us with the, the ratings and reviews where you can do that, and we'll see you next time.